He had amazing ability to wind up, even though he didn't speak English. <laughs> I liked him actually. I enjoyed it. You know, he was a tough guy, and he was aggressive, and he was he was angry. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm glad to say that Al Quinlan joins us in studio. Morning, Quinny. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. I see Gareth Brooks was down at training in Munster during the week. I see that, all, yeah. yeah. I see that. Um, a surprise visit. The, the boot cut jeans were out and the, you know, they're never too far from Munster players down there, I'm sure, anyway. No, no. I would have liked to imagine the myself. Well, have you been at, been at the gig? No, I haven't actually. No, no. Staying away from the crowds. No interest. No, no, no. Adrian's looking for tickets. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on the search. I'm not. I'm not. Put it, put it out there. Um, loads of rugby to talk about. Uh, there was one headline that grabbed my attention this morning. It's in the back of the page of the Irish Independent. First, concerned by lack of communication over Ireland tour. And effectively is a point. So this is like an emerging Ireland tour. And his point is that it's not so much, it doesn't feel so much like an emerging Ireland squad as in the next layer of players beneath that, that um, you know, the touring party with New Zealand or Six Nations squad. He's saying it's not that level that you would want to be looking at those players. He's saying it's a level, at least one, if not two, below that. He's wondering if it's um, almost an emerging academy squad and basically questioning the value of it. Yeah, um, I suppose he has some merits on what he's saying. I think if you asked any of the provinces, would they want, um, you know, I think Leinster have 11, is it 10 from Munster, 8 from Ulster and five or something from I might have my numbers wrong but there's mm. there's an, there's a good few um, obviously from each of the province Connacht's have five but I'm sure um, none of them want to lose the players um, throughout that period you know it's they're possibly missing two two URC games but we've always had this situation Adrian where we're kind of looking for something different in preparation for World Cups mm. um, obviously if you go through all the names will 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 there be players in that 35-man squad who'll who'll get into Andy Farrell's squad next year? Well, maybe not. A few definitely have a chance. You know, the ones that stick out are Robert Balakoon, um, Kieran Frawley, um, someone like Nathan Doak could really make a push. You know, but Fez is what he's saying is yeah, for sure that a lot of these guys are not actually starting. If there was, if there was. Um, uh, you know, URC a big URC game or, or knockout URC game or a European game would would many of these guys be starting? No, probably not. Um, it almost feels like they're building for a World Cup beyond the next one. Well, you know, you might if you get if you got a couple out of it, um, it w- and we look back next year and say, well, it worked and it was part of the success. Mm-hmm. I think the big plus about going away on tour, and I've said this about the, the women's tour to Japan, there's huge benefits from being together as a group, learning uh, about the dynamics of of being an international player, preparation, um, the quality of training, the intensity. Um, the calls, all that kind of stuff. I've always kind of been an advocate for younger players being brought into Six Nations squads or November squads to train with the with the with the with the best players and the guys who are on top of their game. So you don't have the same situation here where you've uh, half and half a lot of experience and then you're bringing young players. But look, we'll wait and see. I think it probably, as I said, doesn't suit all the provinces. And um, but I don't know. I think look. The, the communication, I think they probably would have been told this a while back that this was happening. It was kind of blind. We were all blindsided by a little bit. Mm. But 
if it brings the players on and it's beneficial um, well then so be it but look it's kind of hard to disagree with yeah. Fez in what he's saying but I do think that you know I just think of the World Cup all the time. We're thinking, how can we do things different? I came back from the World Cup in 19 and we were thinking, oh, pick players abroad. Maybe they come back with different ideas, do things a little bit differently. So this is a different type of tour. It's a unique situation. And there's a lot of players in that squad who I believe will be international, regular international players. Um, some of the young players who, who were on the 20s last year, I think that can be really beneficial for them. And you get a chance to work with the coaches really closely. So I think, you know, the impact of, of Paul O'Connell with some of those forwards um, and just seeing his approach, his mentality and stuff like that can only bring guys on. So maybe the provinces will get back a better player when they come back from this three-week three, three week tour. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure, you know, when the, in the games they'll play. They're going to be very physical anyway, playing the, uh, the games over there. But um, hopefully it's beneficial. But it is a little bit risky for sure. Yeah, in the press conference we were asking Simon Easterby just about how you came about picking these players and he said there was a lot of dialogue with the clubs and that some players that they might have picked they actually thought maybe will benefit better from being with their clubs at Playing the moment. Playing matches, yeah. And then some of the players that we've picked we need to see are they okay in this situation? Are they able to step up to this level? So they want to see them in around the environment of the international, you know, of the Ireland team. Yeah, they, could, they wouldn't have completely blindsided the, the provincial coaches because they all work together and communicate um, so they wouldn't have just gone well we're taking this number of players like it or lump but I'd say there might have been a bit of horse trading for one or two guys and said look this guy really needs to go to the next level You, someone like Dermot Barron I don't want to be isolating players but you know he's a very exciting young player in Munster he's still pretty young but he hasn't got that taste of what, what it's like to get up to the next level and, and maybe so I, I think looking at the names and going through the list Adrian they would have said all these guys are potential internationals in the future and I get what Fez is saying about you know playing A games but being away on tour you know you can get a really close look at guys their mentality their body language their attitude have they got leadership qualities to develop um, so I think it'll be beneficial from that point of view um, and I think the provinces will be fine. They all have big squads. It's not as if yeah. they're 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 completely um, stripped of all their their, their players. They will still have have decent teams for those matches while they're away. Simon was asked as well. Sorry, just about um, the November series. Would some of these players feature? And he said the plan is to to look at players that they they might feature which I thought was maybe a little bit surprising. As you said, I thought it was maybe something for the future. But he said. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah, I think there, there's a handful in there, definitely, who, mm. who could easily... Um, Max Deegan has played before. He's a superb yeah. player. He could You could put him in against South Africa, Australia now, and, and you'd be confident yeah. that he can perform there. Um, Alex Kendellan from Munster again, you know, played so well last year. Um, it'll benefit him being in around that scene as well. OK, it's different. And, you know, people can say, well, this is a totally different situation and playing a big test match. Um, Joe McCarthy, Scott Penny has, has the ability. Keen Prendergast was on the New Zealand tour. Um, Roman Salano in there, and this is probably one you're going to ask me about Munster. You know, the tight head situation there. You know, there's yeah. obviously a lot of promise with him, um, but he has to kind of take hold now, learn how to really kind of manage his, his body himself, and hopefully take that next step up. Um, incredibly powerful 
Um, Are they a bit light in that department? Rory O'Connor was on during the week because it's a good segue into the start of the URC, URC obviously, this weekend uh, and they're in action on Saturday afternoon. What, um, in terms of, like, Munster, his, his point was like that they, obviously, uh, Fakato is a big sort of name, recruitment or whatever, but that Roundtree wasn't in, as involved maybe as he might have liked uh, in the recruitment to start off with and that, secondly, they're very light in that front row area particularly. Yeah, they are light in that front row area, and I think if you if you, and that's the concern. I think Connacht were in the market for a tight head. Munster would love to have brought in top quality international tight head, and mm. you know go out with the checkbook and and fill these gaps. Um, I think, I think the RFU were probably saying, look, um, Kenyon Knox, Roman Salano, let's see what they have this year, and if mm. they don't make it, then well then. Um, but I think you know. Obviously, if you're coming up against, like in that Toulouse game where the scrum creaked and the front row was under so much pressure, and Toulouse are bringing off, uh, bringing on an international front row to replace the already international front row that's that started the game. It's it's difficult. It's difficult if and you're trying to win European Cups. Done nothing to really address that. No, they probably haven't been allowed, Adrian. You know, and that's the reality. So, I, I, you know, you can be criticised, um, but. I think there is maybe if we see more of Kenyon Knox and Roman Salanoa, um Stephen Archer is obviously there and James French maybe we just we just need to see more of them and hopefully that they get a run of games you know Roman Salanoa has had a lot of injuries um, the potential is there Kenyon Knox has, is, is a really good rugby player as well Um you'll only find out more about these guys and they play games regularly so they've got to get regular game time I think to see them but of course it's an issue and it's a challenge for them and um, you can't, it's not like Premiership Soccer, you can go out and just sign players and fill gaps and spend money and um, I think they're restricted and the RFU want to develop these two guys, they're, they're both Irish qualified, mm. so if you bring in an international overseas player, well they get less games then, um, but then it begs the question, are they good enough? Are they good enough in that big game? Well, we'll find out more this year. I think they need a little bit of luck, Monster, with, with those two guys. They obviously need a little bit of luck with, with R.G. Snyman. If he comes back and plays regularly for him... Mm-hmm. Um, huge boost. Well, he's a game-changer, isn't he? You know, And if he plays regularly, you know, he can make such a big impact. So, um, the, on the balance of it, if you kind of go back five and back line... They look like they've they've a lot of good players, and if they change the way they play and 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 use their skill set a little bit more and develop their skill set, well, they'll be there thereabouts. But the reality is, you know, the big crunch games will they be a little bit short up front. We'll wait and see. Will Munster fans give them a bit of slack this season? Do you think in the in the sense of obviously the changes in the coaching front and a bit of building going on there? Ronan was on earlier on, and he was saying that like there's a great sense of cohesion, maybe in a way that. Um, there hasn't been uh, previously for whatever reason but given the, the backroom staff um, so given that that's happened and for whatever reason they haven't really brought, brought in maybe a huge number of players will Munster fans give them a bit of a free pass no matter what happens this season or is there still an expectation of well I, t- I don't think you completely get a free pass and I think um, Andy Kiriakou Dennis Leamy Mike Prendergast and Graham Rountree and the rest of the coaches that are there well, no, there's, a, there's pressure. There's pressure in, in that job and there is expectation. And um, I think what Munster fans will want to see is 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 a bit of bite, um, enthusiasm to try and play. Um, 
is that going to work every time? No, it's not. You have to be pragmatic sometimes, depending on the weather, if you get get ahead in games, how you manage games and stuff like that. So I think, you know, they want to see fight. They want to see ambition a little bit to try and play. Um, and I said this during the week, the kind of the game that jumps out is that Connacht game last de- mm. December up in, in the sports ground. That was the one that kind of was a pivotal kind of turning point for people and, and brought on a lot of frustration with, you know, Munster passing the ball 45 times in the game. I know the conditions were dreadful, but Connacht should have won that game by a lot more. And I think that frustrates people. You know, you, you contrast that to coming out of the Aviva um, after the Toulouse game and Munster lost the game mm. on penalties mm. but people were like yeah that's there's no one under any illusions Adrian that they're going to win the European Cup and that they should I think people realise that and that's where the patience will come in as regards that expectation but they want to see some ambition more ambition mm. and more fight and the players expressing themselves a little bit more so the game plan under Johan Van Gran and Stephen Larkham you know, we could play that game back in 2006 because we had an international pack of forwards where we could tuck the ball up the jumper and just wear down the opposition. And that was the reality of it. Mm. We were probably more forward orientated then. You know, you had a 9 and 10 in strings and Rog who could just keep the ball in front of you. It was on a play to them a lot of the time. Um, 2008 was different. We had Dougie Howlett, Maffey, um, Topoki. Mm. You know, we were able to play differently, but you kind of have to cut your claw according to the me- your measure. And I think Munster were trying to play that a little bit forward orientated in the last couple of seasons and maybe just didn't have that killer punch. So I think they've got to find a different way, um, be more energetic in their in their in their play and and dynamic and trying to you know obviously retain the ball but play at a high intensity. And I think that'll be the challenge. So there does need to be patience mm. I think it's it's 11 years now since Munster have won a trophy and I think after that that's, that win in 2011 that league win against Leinster and Holman Park I think would you have kind of gone well it'll, Munster in 11 years time we'll be, we'll be chatting and Munster won't have won a trophy since now they've won a couple of finals and they were close mm. enough in Europe um, so there does need to be patience but um I still think we need to see improvements as we go along. Mm. Yeah. So, like, what's successful? Silverware at the end of the year or seeing improvement? Because I, I do agree as well. Patience, like, anytime any new head coach or new management come in to, to any team, you know, you have to give it time to, to build because I don't think it's even a, a three, four month thing. I think it's, it's no, going to take it's, it's quite a while. It's different coaches, different voices. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what Prends, uh, Prendy and Dennis Leamy will bring. Um, and on the way they want to try and implement and improve the skill set, I think Munster have struggled to play at a high tempo, high intensity, and really execute when you get into multi-phase. Um, I think that's what they will try and do. Um, and we've seen glimpses of it. And I said this a few times. It's uh, you know you don't want to be kind of really cri- over critical of the previous regime because I think the players have to take responsibility as well. At times, you know, you're out in the field and. Uh, you know, there's plenty of leaders there. Um, what, what's re- what's a realistic return, Ashley? And I think being in knockout rugby, I think you have to you have to kind of be in the knockout stages um, of Europe and of of uh, in the URC, and then 
you kind of get in a position where if they get things right on the day and they have a bit of luck and they're not missing a couple of their big players, mm. well, then they can have a rattle off a team and you'd never know. You, 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 you will never know if you're not there. Mm. And I think that's, that's where they have to be. Um, the South Africans coming into the URC has changed the dynam- dynamic. Yeah. And just look at Connacht last year. They finished 11th, uh, miss, missing out in Europe, not getting into the playoffs. Um, there was three South Africans in that that gr- group at the top. So they're going to be really... They've changed the dynamic of the league for the better, I think. Um, so I think it makes it more exciting, the league this year. And, you know, Leinster are obviously overwhelming favourites again, and rightly so. But you have to have a lot of depth in your squad to be fighting on both fronts. And you just look how good Leinster were last year. Or look at the squad they have. And, you know, they lost final and a semi-final. Mm-hmm. Um, on another day, they could have won both those trophies, you know. Um, we shouldn't forget that Munster are actually second favourites to win the thing as well I think I've over, been overstating that aspect of it talk to us about Connacht will you because they, they obviously um, have let go a few they've brought in a few Leinster heads Adam Byrne uh, Hawkshaw Peter Dooley and then the switches again like in the back room with Andy Friend obviously I don't know he's is it a move up or whatever it is yeah, but director, director of rugby, rugby yeah, I still think Andy Friend is going to be overseeing everything yeah. and uh, Peter Wilkins obviously was with Ireland there a bit of Rasmus about it almost yeah it probably and I think they just look at the Dana dynamic of, of he probably wants to oversee everything and develop the coaches more with Mossy Lawler and uh, um, he's gone in as attack coach and um, Collie Tucker will do more with the forwards Peter yeah. Wilkinson mm. and maybe just gives him a little bit of a chance to to oversee training from a little bit of a distance I'm sure he'll still be involved um, That's it he said um, I was talking to him during the week and he spoke about it's knowing what your weapon is and he said I know what mine is I know I'm good with with players um, and management speaking to them and he said he went around the whole coaching team and said okay you're you're better at attack we need to put you there he said it was just seeing what we're all good at to be honest being being a head coach going out onto the field um, you know planning the sessions reviewing the session there's a lot to it you know what I mean so it probably gives him a little bit of a chance to kind of look at everything and have a bit more time to plan better and stuff like that but I think the new players coming in Peter Dooley Josh Murphy Adam Byrne um, from Leinster Hawkshaw as well they'll definitely help and improve him Seamus Hurley Langton it's a (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to in any way be disrespectful but you think this must be some bit of Irish the Seamus is spelt S-H-A-M-U-S uh, Hurley Langton he's a New Zealander and he's impressed him a lot um, I think he played for Manawa too and he's a, he's a loose forward uh, Brian Ralston another Australian who played sevens as well came from Western Force so again they're a little bit unknown yeah. um, but you know the way Connacht play I think Connacht probably just need to manage games better and be be kind of a bit more ruthless. I think the ambition that they show and the way they they play the game, it's probably the flip side of of what Munster need to do. You know, you know they need to be a little bit more pragmatic and control tempos in the games and stuff like that um, more. But you know, it was a disappointing uh, se- season from last year. We know they can score tries. We know they're very dangerous uh, when they get on the front foot. Um, and it's a tough task from first up going to, going to Belfast to play Ulster on Saturday night. Um, you know, Ulster probably finished the season strong. Should have been in the URC final when you think of what happened against the Stormers, that late, late score they conceded. Uh, they blew Munster away in that quarter final. 
So, you know, that should be a cracker. But look, it's very early days. It's hard. You know, we won't have teams to let her on. And it's, um, it's, it's a tricky one. But... I think getting a bit of momentum at the start is really important for for, for yeah, all the provinces. Can, as they always say, you can't win it after the first few rounds, but it can be it can be slipping. Yeah, well, away you just think you. if you miss out in playoffs by a point or two, and you go back to the I first know, round or two, and you you know yeah. What um, did you watch the Bledisloe yesterday? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What so? In a word, right call, wrong call. At the end. Uh, hard call on 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 us on, on Australia. Yeah. Very hard call. Letter to law. He did warn him a number of times. Mm. We've never seen it. I think Matthew Renal should have said, "If you don't hurry up, clearly, mm. I'm going to give New Zealand a scrum." You know, I think he had been kind of. He, he had warned him a couple of times. Yeah. He warned him and warned him, but he should have said it out loud that if you don't hurry up and take this kick, yeah. I'm going to give a scrum to New Zealand. Um, and he did that it was a big controversial call obviously New Zealand went on to win the game it was a crazy game Adrian mad like New Zealand were 31-13 up on 55-60 minutes and I'm thinking they're going to put 50 on Australia here they were brilliant New Zealand were Australia's response phenomenal Um, they come back um, Nick White gets White's a penalty 37-34 yeah. <laughs> we blashed that over <laughs> we blashed that over with his cowboy but legs the there was one incident <laughs> there was one incident there was one incident in that game that was uh, really disappointing I think and it was the Darcy Swain clear out on um, on Quinn Tapia mm-hmm. um, he should have got a red card for that mm-hmm. I think um, the TMO did alert Matthew Reynal Actually, they got two yellow cards in that in that sequence, and that from that breakdown, Tom Wright was 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 yellow carded. And then when they looked in the TMO, called Matthew Ray and Al, and um, Darcy Swain comes in from the side, and he kind of grabs Quinta to Paya's knee, and it bent inwards. Cynical enough, yeah. He's out out for for a long time. Did he deliberately go in to hurt a player and damage his knee? I don't think so. But it was really, really reckless. If you go anywhere near the lower limbs, and we talk a lot about pr- protecting players with the, the high shots, um, just look at Dan Levy, what happened to him a number of years ago, his career over. Mm-hmm. If you go anywhere near the lower legs like that, it's it's it can it's be career-ending. So he should have got a red card. And uh, But it was a crazy match, a brilliant, crazy brilliant game to watch. The, the, one of Foley's teammates was over his shoulder when you watched the replay, roaring at him for about 10 seconds before Renal takes a decision to, to award the penalty, to boot it out over the line. That's where I started to lose sympathy, I have to say, for Australia. Now, having said that, if it was us on the other end of it, you'd be crying blue murder, you'd be saying, ah, typical, going with the, with the All Blacks. But it is a, a healthy and timely reminder to all of us that they ain't dead until they're dead because... Mm. I I mean, even, they still needed to go and win it. Like, incredible. Yeah, yeah. The, they're, um, they're the whistle has never gone with them, you know, and um, still have some issues. Um, but they, you know, for 40, 50 minutes yesterday, they looked really, really dangerous. And yeah. uh, so it was, it was an incredible game. Um, Quinny, thanks million for coming in. Enjoy the rugby over the weekend. Look forward oh, to the We forgot to say just about Eddie Butler. Yes. Um, yeah. I know we're under pressure time-wise, but that was devastating what happened yeah. to him. Lovely man. So young. You know, I met him in the circuit so many times over the years. He was a brilliant, brilliant commentator. And, uh, you know, it's a shocking kind of situation. And um, I was shocked when I heard it, as everyone in the rugby community, you know, he was a very, very popular man, Eddie Butler. And... and our thoughts and prayers are with his family and friends in, in, and particularly people in Welsh rugby as well. Yeah, the voice of rugby and well uh, well said, Quinny. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor. 
With exfoliating bar. 